Well, this week I started coaching basketball. <laughs> Coach B, actually. It was awkward. It was funny, actually. I never considered what I wanted to be called. I never knew I got a choice. Coach, what do you want to be called? Coach Chad, Coach Bohai, Coach B? I said, all the above? I don't know. Coach B's great. How many know it's pretty cool when you get to pick your own name? Um, it was interesting this week because we had tryouts. Ha- who has ever been through a tryout before? Raise your hand. Daunting, great, exciting. What was your experience like? Talk to me. Or D, all the above, or E, or whatever letter. Well, our, our coach, Coach Ross, he's, like, he's about 27, 28. He's a young guy. I can say that. I'm 34. You know, I'm the eager new coach on the block. Everyone made fun of me because I came with my like, brand new Amazon Prime delivered clipboard with marker, as if we're going to draw a play on the first day of tryouts. I had my whistle, the Fox 40. I was told that's the only whistle to get for sports. Fox 40, you can Amazon it, you know. I had my black lanyard. I was amazing. And, of course, I got made fun of as soon as I walked through the door. How many have ever been the overqualified guy or gal? I'm the only one. Well, let me tell you what it's like. It's okay. They can laugh all they want. I've got the Fox 40 whistle and the clipboard that will last me 10 seasons. But Coach Ross said something to me very soon. He's the lead. He's the program leader of the men's basketball over at Pioneer Valley. He said something very profound. Very, very profound. He said, Chad, come here. We don't coach during tryouts. He said, no, no, listen, no. Because I'm all eager. I'm trying to help kids, you know. He said, you can't coach tryouts. You can only coach your team. That was more profound than you all let on. <laughs> you can't coach just anyone. You, the only way you can coach is those who have made the cut, who have signed up, who have the common vision, the common goal, the common end. Those are the only ones that you can really coach. Everyone else is just, I'm kind of figuring it out. I'm kind of in. Don't know if I'm going to make it. Of course, I kept coaching the next three days because I'm trying to learn how to coach because I'm brand new at coaching. But man, that hit me. How many know all throughout God's word, there is a difference between the crowds or those trying out and those who've considered the cost of following Jesus and who are all in? And Coach Ross didn't preach a sermon to me. All he had to do was give me one little tip as a coach who's coached longer. You can't really coach in tryouts, dude. I mean, you can encourage him, but you don't know who's on the team and who's serious. Man, and I think in a very, very, very way more sobering and profound way, the Lord Jesus looks down upon all creation and he sees those who are kind of like, if it's convenient for me, I'll get on the field. If it serves my ends and my purposes, maybe I'll consider forgiving that person. Or maybe... This is exactly why the Lord Jesus Christ was so clear on what it meant to follow him. Because how many know when you choose to be a part of the team, there is a covenant. There's an agreement. Amen? When it's season, you don't live like you did in the off season. You got to keep up your grades. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching now. 
You got to get in shape. You got to put in work before, after, and all during practice. Come on. When you don't know how to do something, you don't just plead the fifth and plead ignorance. You work your tail off to get better at your left hand because it's season. And beloved, I want you to know, because of the truncated gospel that so many of us behind pulpits have been preaching for decades, we've preached a watered down, pray a prayer, live like you want, someday you'll figure it out when you actually need your faith and you stand before the pearly gates and St. Peter lets you in. Yes, that's on a Christmas card. (laughs) Not really the Bible. But many of us have never really got around to consider, hmm, maybe Jesus was serious. He actually wants to infuse and be a part of every decision of my whole life. Maybe Jesus takes this team thing way more serious than Coach B or Coach Ross or whoever. It just got me thinking. It's so much easier to check a box, you know, in the next census, Christian, than it is to take serious every word, every sentence, every breath that proceeds from the mouth of Jesus, our Lord and our King. But how many know that the only life that is experienced in the kingdom is the life that comes directly from Jesus to us by his spirit? There's no life outside of him. So, one of the highlights for me when I was in Israel, the sermon is going to be very short. It's going to be about 17 minutes. Yeah, you can time me. When I tell you to start. When I tell you to start. Why is everyone laughing? Not funny. It took me 18 minutes this morning on my prayer walk around Hancock when I got here a little early. So I'm going to try to do it in 17. But... We are in an unprecedented day for the need. For those who claim to know, trust, love, abide, and obey Jesus. That was a lot. For it to be evident through our life and our words. Everyone say life and words. Character. And conduct. Attitude and action. You see what I'm doing there? For far too long, there's been a rift between the two, and the Lord Jesus, in his great zeal for his people, is saying, No more. Let those two babies come together. What you confess to believe, and what you actually believe as it manifests through your life as you seek to be on the team, to follow me, right? To obey me, to become like me, to not just read my word, but to feast on my word. Does anyone know the difference? So, one of the highlights, don't time me yet, I will tell you when. (laughs) Stop it, some of you got your smartwatch. I will set my timer as well. One of my favorite moments 
in Israel when I was there about a year ago was being on the Mount of Beatitudes. And if I was a good preacher, I would have my photo ready. I didn't have time to, because I just thought about showing the photo this morning. You know, there's a beautiful, like every holy site where they think Jesus actually did stuff. <laughs> there's a huge, beautiful church, which is funny. He was born in a manger anyway. I don't know. He was never, real, anyway, moving on. Start the timer in one minute. But it was from this mountain that Jesus, that scholars and prophets and poets and saints for thousands of years have agreed is really the guts of what it means to be on Team Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount. And I know some of you are, you know, Bible quizzers and you're going to test and see if I get every word, but please... Shut your Bibles and just pretend like you're on the crowd where he wasn't reading from a scroll, he was preaching from his heart. So if you'll go with me right now in your imagination, I wish I had a picture. Beautiful hillside, the sun, just picture it glistening through the unmowed grass. Beautiful, gentle Galilean breeze. a stir in the crowds because there's a strange there's a strange man who has healing in his hands and news is spreading the buzz you heard about him in your village just a kilometer or two or whatever their stadia or cubit, whatever their measurements were. And you heard that he was passing through and you weren't in the inner, inner circle because you just heard about him, but you, you were a part of the crowd that day trying out, what is this Jesus guy really all about? What does it actually mean to follow him? What does a life look like modeled after his way and his will and his word? Can you picture yourself there on the hillside overlooking the beautiful sea, the wind, the sun glistening? Pretend that you're there. And I wish you, could, you and I could hear these words for the first time, but Holy Spirit, I pray they'd be like the first time. Pretend that you're there. And this is gonna be my sermon is Jesus' sermon. Because <laughs> when I feel overwhelmed, I always just go back to what Jesus says. His words are good enough. And I could spend a lifetime trying to obey and abide in them. I don't know about you. So can we go to that hillside right now? You can close your eyes the whole time, I don't care. Imagine hearing these words from Rabbi King Jesus. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
his disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they treated the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter or the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said, do not commit murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which was a slam or a slander in Jesus' day, will be answerable to the court. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way or the judge may hand you over to the officer and the officer may throw you into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, 
that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, metaphorically, and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce, but I tell you, that was the objectification of women. I tell you, not no, that's not God's intention. And anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to become an adulterer. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oaths, but keep the oaths that you've made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, <laughs> For you cannot make even one hair white or black or bald. Sorry, I added that. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes to you on the right cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your coat as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore as your heavenly father is perfect. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. I tell you the truth, they were after applause they will, they've already received their reward in full. But you, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be honored and seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've already received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, 
who think that they will be heard because of their many words, do not be like them. For your heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people their sins, your Father won't forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. I'm so spiritual. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head. Wash your face so that it won't be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy or good or single, the original language, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy or double, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Let me see, two. No one can serve two masters. No one. Either he will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in bars, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans 
Run after all of these things. And your Father in heaven already knows that you need them. But I can imagine Jesus preaching at this part. Come on, somebody, say but. <laughs> Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You're saying amen now, but here's what he says next. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Can you imagine his words at this point going, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites! First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly <laughs> to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs or they may trample them under their feet and then they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be open for him. Which of you if his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. 
A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, And the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine but doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish person who built their house on the sand. Same thing, the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. This one passage is what more saints, scholars, Pastors, parishioners for 2,000 years have sought the essence of Christianity as adherence to the ways of the Christ of the Christianity. There's not a clearer exposition of what does it mean to belong to Jesus and to participate in his kingdom than the passage you just heard. None of it's possible without him. which was the whole point of Jesus coming, to enable us by his grace to live a categorically different life than we could apart from him. I don't know if you consider yourself trying out or, I didn't sign up for all of that. I'm here to tell you the good news that it was never an option. And I'm sorry on behalf of preachers and pastors where it was somehow optional. The blood of Jesus I'll take, but the words of Jesus optional. Someone help me out. Thank you. 11-11, the hour of judgment. Thank you. I try to quote that at least every week 
on my prayer runs or my walks because when the dust settles, I want to be one who builds my house on a rock so that when the stuff hits the fan and the streams rise and the winds blow, I'm not some fair weather. I confess one thing, but I'm at, I want Jesus to ruin my life for his purposes and glory. I want to be transformed. I don't want to be recognizable because I actually, many of us, we believe the blood of Jesus, great, eternal destiny, great, amen, heaven, but we don't think his words have any bearing for our lives. We don't think he really knows what he's talking about. But beloved, he is the smartest, wisest, greatest, most brilliant, beautiful, powerful, loving, servant, leader, sacrificial, self-emptying, loving, king, master, lord in the cosmos. And it is, it is stunning that that king says, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to live life in my kingdom so that if I call you out of the world and you learn my ways... I can send you back into the world and actually offer it a different way to be. My way. So, I don't know about you, but it's good enough for me. (laughs) There's enough in there, like dealing with anger in a godly way and not objectifying people, not being a hypocrite. I don't know about you, there's enough in there for me to work on for a lifetime. If you're with me, say amen. And the only reason why it's narrow, see, when Jesus invited people into his kingdom, all of those who no one thought would deserve to be in got in. It's not narrow because God's rude and mean. It's narrow because so few think Jesus' words are worth actually obeying. That's why it's narrow. And Jesus said this in John 7, 17. Anyone who chooses to do my will, they're the only ones who will ever find out whether my teachings came from God or not. It's narrow because, oh, that's great, Jesus, awesome. That's probably good for the next guy, but those words probably aren't good enough for me, and they certainly don't work for my family. I'll run my own life, but thanks for the words. No, no. It's narrow because it's an invitation to not just say I believe, but Lord, I want your word to transform every part of my life. And how does he do all of it? All by his grace and through his spirit. And here's the exciting part. There's supposed to be a group of people called the church who are learning how to do it together. Amen? We're doing it together. Stand up with me and we'll pray. I don't know how you want to respond, but I'm sure there were some zingers in there for you. (laughs) You can't be mad at me. It's Jesus' fault. Those were all his words. They were all read, except for a couple of small commentary notes. I don't know if it's lust. I don't know if it's anger. I don't know if it's bitterness. I don't know if you've been objectifying people, treating them as puppets or possessions instead of image bearers. I don't know at what point you're arrogant and you always think you gotta be right, so you're always swearing and making oaths, but God's like, no, you don't really need to do that. You can just let your word be your word, and that's all. I don't know if you're riddled with worry or anxiety or fear about tomorrow, but the Lord says tomorrow will take care of itself. Today's hard enough. Just seek me with everything. 
Maybe you've not had a vision of a father who won't give you a stone when you ask for bread. And the Holy Spirit wants to show you what your father in heaven's really like. There's something on every word and sentence for somebody in this room out of the sermon. Can you just open your heart and say, Holy Spirit, search me and transform me for your glory. And I would say more importantly, Lord, write that word on my heart. I want it to be true of me, to be true of us. Those who claim to know and trust and follow you. All of us are on a journey. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But how many know on every journey there's a next step? How many know that? (laughs) So Lord, we just say yes to your word. The only one who was worthy to preach that sermon was the only one who was worthy because he lived it fully out perfectly, Jesus. (laughs) But he says, if you'll follow me, I'm gonna empower you to be transformed like me. So Lord, as we are in the most, maybe some of the most polarizing days of of our life, certainly, and there's all sorts of options and places to look and to place our trust. We, as those who've been called out of the world to belong to Jesus, we hear the words of Jesus this morning. We wanna be people who are marked by obedience to the Lord, who are marked by his word, by his truth, not as a theory, but as a transformed person from glory to glory, so that God, you can send us out as salt and as light to bear witness to the life-giving reality of God's kingdom revealed in Jesus and made available by the power of the Holy Spirit to us here today. God, we cry out. And Father, we do cry out as a nation. We are very aware today is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We are aware that there are nations that do not have the luxuries and the civil freedoms that we do. And for that, Lord, we give you praise. We're very aware. I, was, I got an email. The, the whole world, global church is praying for the church in North Korea, the persecuted church. Number one country persecuted in the world. It's ranked number one. God, we're very grateful. We're honored. We're, we know we're privileged. And so, God, we pray to make the most of it for your glory and for your namesake. And, Lord, we do, as the whole global church is praying for North Korea, we pray for the 50,000 in torture camps right now, prison camps. Believers, Christians, God, we lift our voice and say, Lord, may they be strong in their faith. May May they be nourished by the word and presence of the Holy Spirit. May you give them grace. And we pray for revival where it's at the hardest and steepest. God, we pray for your grace in this coming week. Your word just flat out says in 1 Timothy 2, pray for everyone, for kings and all of those who are in authority so that you may live peaceful, godly lives in all holiness and sincerity. So God, we pray for wisdom to be unleashed upon this nation and upon your people in this coming week, that we would be a kingdom of God people who are set on seeing Jesus glorified and manifest through our lives together so that, God, you will receive glory and honor. We ask an anointing upon our lives as we seek to participate 
in this great adventure called the kingdom of God. We bless you, Lord. We ask for your hand to be outstretched upon this nation. We ask for a move of your grace and spirit and power. For that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we all said amen and amen.